This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and today it's just me. I have a story to tell about a Dollar Tree deal that hasn't opened yet, but will be opening in Derby, Connecticut. Before we get there, just some uh, things going on. I think, you know, I sit here, I can't believe it's almost uh, a month away from Memorial Day weekend. We're into the second quarter. Um, I think it's a really interesting time for retail real estate. You know, we are, for those who are in the retail real estate industry, um, we are getting close to the ICSC Las Vegas, the Super Bowl of retail real estate. I, I think it's going to be an interesting show. Um, you know, there's a lot of disruption in the capital markets. We have interest rates, we have some banking failures. Yet, fundamentals at the real estate level are holding strong. Um, In fact, I would argue they're continuing to improve. And one of the reasons they are continuing to improve is the tailwinds of record leasing in 21 and 22 and the limited amount of store closures. One of the things I'm super bullish on 2023 and 2024 is given the record pace of leasing. One one of the things that happened is municipalities were inundated and approvals and construction was slower than historical norms. Many of those leases that were signed in 21 and 22 are opening stores in 23, 24. So we were coming into, as an industry, 2023, with significant amount of store openings as compared to store closures. At the time, there were limited bankruptcies. Uh, there were you know, limited store closures of any magnitude. And retail sales continuing to be really strong, so retailers felt good about opening stores. Well, that record leasing is now about to start opening stores and have been opening stores. So at the property level, the centers are continually improving and new merchants are coming to sites um, with brand new stores, investing capital in the real estate. And the fundamentals at the real estate level continue to um, hold and continue to improve notwithstanding some of the disruption in the capital markets. And that said, there's limited vacancy, um, which is a good tailwind going into um, any economic challenges that um, come upon any industry, in particular commercial real estate. So, and what, what that's led to is continually having pretty strong uh, leasing throughout the industry. 
you know, we're having a really strong leasing year at DLC. And I think that, you know, as I talk to peers, they're also having strong leasing years. On top of these, I don't want to say record, but high number of store openings. So I think that leaves a really strong core. You add to the fact that very little is being built, so limiting the supply of retail real estate, and there's still repurposing of obsolete retail real estate, whether that's turning it into a multifamily apartment building, whether that's turning it into self-storage, industrial, there's still retail real estate coming offline. So you have new stores opening, very little new being built, some supply coming offline. It's creating really strong demand to the existing quality retail real estate out there. And I'm, I'm bullish on that going forward because of all those things coming to a head. So ICSE is a, uh, the ICSE Recon is historically known as, you know, this mega deal-making show. And it sets the industry apart. It, most trade show organizations, they're super content-driven, and they're people exhibiting. And if you've been to trade shows in other industries, I, I, I would say there's not as much deal-making. This is a deal-making mecca. Landlords, retailers, brokers coming together to move deals. And uh, many deals, there's many deals that start, there's many deals that finish in Las Vegas at the ICSE uh, Recon. And I wanted to talk about a deal that, um, you know, uh, uh, how, to, how a deal became procured. And <clears throat> that's the Dollar Tree story. And I, I, I tell this story because I think it's uh, a good one to tell going into ICSE as many people will be trying to figure out how to start a deal. So I'm going to talk about a story of Dollar Tree in Derby, Connecticut. So Derby, Connecticut was a grocery redevelopment that we completed pre-pandemic. There was one box left. It's a neighborhood grocery center. There's one box left, which is a 40,000 square foot box um, that we're going to put a furniture store in half and a Dollar Tree in the other half. There was a restriction in the shopping center uh, that prohibited Dollar Tree. We have a good relationship with Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree was uh, in the in the market, not in our center. This was an opportunity for Dollar Tree to right size and get a new prototype. We um, approached the grocer and, and there was some concern about giving a Dollar Tree waiver. And so it took a while for, to, to get the waiver. And as we were, I was talking to them um, and, and they weren't ready to commit to the point that they would give us a waiver, the Dollar Tree, starting to change some course and strategy, wasn't sure they wanted the deal. So I started this with, took a while to procure Dollar Tree. We procured Dollar Tree, 
then I go for the waiver and the process, but that taking so long, Dollar Tree's starting to pull back and you know rethink things in the market and their overall strategy. So I was like, you know, trying to get Dollar Tree to hang tight and trying to get the grocer to, to consent, trying to work out a deal that would work for them to allow Dollar Tree in. Grocer had some things going on, uh, exciting things that they were working on, and, and, and this wasn't a priority. Got to a point where I really couldn't get their attention. And days and then weeks start to go by, and it, it was hard to really gain traction. So I decided to go there unannounced. I drove up to the grocery store's headquarters um, to just say, I'm here. Look, this is important to us. How do we work this out? Drove four hours, and uh, people who made this decision weren't in, in at that time. So drove home. About two weeks later, I do the same thing. I drive all the way up there, and uh, the people I need to meet aren't there. Finally, I get a meeting with them, uh, a scheduled meeting, after two times going there unannounced, which I don't necessarily recommend, but I was really, it was really important for us. It was, um, you know, getting this was helping a refi. It wasn't necessary, but it was helping. So go to the scheduled meeting, and finally we're able to work out a deal um, to allow Dollar Tree in. Now, once we have that deal, we start moving to paper. Now we got to get like this Dollar Tree deal finished. <clears throat> we had to change a couple things in the deal and finally get the Dollar Tree finished. Now, Dollar Tree is set to open this summer. I tell this story because there's a time where the, you know, I wasn't sure we were going to get the grocery store waiver. And, but I held to my core beliefs, which was the following. One, I think that bringing all the retail trade that, in, bringing as much retail trade into one property as possible, bringing the consumer traffic to as densified as possible is more powerful than them being separate. Number two, they were already in the market. We weren't bringing a new you know, potential competitor to the market. And three, the vacancy was more impactful to the traffic and the property outlook than this competitor since they were already in the market. This is what I went to them with. And I, I knew a lot about the business. These two co-tenanted in about eight locations in other markets. So this wasn't a first. These two retailers, um, you know, so they were, they had, it, this wasn't a first, I wasn't like creating something that hadn't been done before. Additionally, because of the real estate orientation, 
marketplace, um, I had really good understanding of where every grocer was, where other dollar stores were, how the traffic actually with you know mobile analytics, how the traffic actually was playing out. And I was able to put together a compelling case that it was better to have them here than elsewhere. And eventually the grocer finally acquiesced. So you know, I think it's an important story because in today's environment, we're all dealing with legacy contracts. And it's not just retail real estate. Many industries are dealing with legacy contracts. I think really understanding the other side is lesson one as it relates to retail real estate. I had a really good context of what the other side's challenges were. Number two, really understanding the market dynamics from a physical plant, you know, plant, the actual real estate in the market. And then two, understanding how the consumer interacts with that real estate. So business, market, consumer. Tap those three things, and then I'll put, you know, a subheading, the tenacity to actually keep going after being told no, after being told I don't think so because I knew this was the right thing. So there's always this balance on like, when should you move on and let go and move to the next because it's not worth your time versus having the tenacity to, 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 to go get it. And I think you learn that with business experience and it's a challenging balance. The when to drive forward and when to let go. And I felt this was one that we should keep driving forward for and that ended up playing out um, as the right answer. So um, as we sit in this world where we have many legacy business contracts between parties, I think in any industry, understanding the other side's business, understanding the market, understanding the consumer in that market is critical. Understanding the other side's business is more than just the actual front end, what they sell. What's going on behind the scenes, right? I had understood that there was a big deal happening in this organization, a positive for them, that this wasn't a top priority. And well, that gave me insights in how to manage through that, right? There are things at times that make sense, but the other side might not have the ability to focus, have the same ability to focus on it as you because the importance level is different. Well, how do you deal with that when the importance and the significance and the urgency, three different things, right? Go on a tangent here. I like Rory Baden's definition. Importance, how much does something matter? Urgency, how soon does something matter? Significance, how long will something matter? And so those three things I think about all the time. And they're not always the same for each party on the, on a, in a business contract. The deals that get done fast, it's when the importance, significance, and urgency line up. When the urgency, significance, and importance line up, those are the deals that take a longer time. So 
Um, that's what I got for everyone today. I hope everyone uh, has a great trip out to the ICSC Las Vegas. And, um, you know, just because you have a legacy business contract that uh, says you can't do something doesn't mean that that can't be changed. It may be very challenging. may have to uh, do some things that you never thought you'd have to do to actually get it done. Tribe unannounced. Continue to be persistent. Have that tenacity. But um, you have to believe in the art of the possible. So with that, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the story. Stay tuned. we got more great stories coming. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.